Act Three of The Gamester by Edward Moore. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Three, Scene One Stukeley's Lodgings. Enter Stukeley and Bates. So runs the world, Bates. Whose are the natural prey of knaves? Nature designed them so when she made lambs for wolves. The laws of fear and policy are framed, nature disclaims. She knows but two, and those are force and cunning. The nobler law is force, but then there's danger in it, or cunning, like a skilful miner, works safely and unseen. And therefore wisely force must have nerves and sinews cunning wants neither the dwarf that has it shall trip the giant's heels up and bind him to the ground why we'll erect a shrine for nature and be her oracles conscience is weakness fear made and fear maintains it the dread of shame inward reproaches and fictitious burnings swell out the phantom nature knows none of this her laws are freedom sound doctrine and well delivered we are sincere too and practice what we teach let the grave pedant say as much but now the business the jewels are disposed of and beverley again worth money he waits to count his gold out and then comes hither if my design succeeds this night we finish with him go to your lodgings and be busy you understand conveyances and can make ruin sure better stop here the sale of this reversion may be talked of there's danger in it no tis the mark i aim at we'll thrive and laugh you are the purchaser and there's the payment giving a pocket-book he thinks you're rich and so you shall be inquire for titles and deal hardly to look like honesty how if he suspects us leave it to me i study hearts and went to work upon them go to your lodgings and if we come be busy over papers talk of a thoughtless age of gaming and extravagance you have a face for it a feeling too that would avoid it we push too far but i have cautioned you if it ends ill you'll think of me and so adieu exit this fellow sins by halves his fears are conscience to him i'll turn these fears to use rogues that dread shame will still be greater rogues to hide the guilt this shall be thought of loosen grows troublesome we must get rid of him he knows too much have a tale for beverley part of a truth too he shall call loosen's account if it succeeds tis well if not we must try other means but here he comes i must assemble scene two enter beverley look to the door there in a seeming fright my friend i thought of other visitors no these shall guard you from them offering notes take them and use them cautiously the world deals hardly by us and shall i leave you destitute 
Now, your wants are greatest. Another climate may treat me kinder. The shelter of tonight takes me from this. Let these be your support, then. Yet is there need of parting? I may have means again. We'll share them and live wisely. No, I should tempt you on. Habit is nature in me. Ruin can't cure it. Even now I would be gaming. Top by experience as I am, and knowing this poor sum is all that's left us, I'm for venturing still. And say I am to blame. Yet will this little supply our wants? Now we must put it out to usury. Whether it is madness in me, or some resistless impulse of good fortune, I yet am ignorant, but— Take it, and succeed, then. I'll try no more. Tis surely impulse. It pleads so strongly. That you are cold. We'll even part here, then. And for this last reserve, keep it for better uses. I'll have none on't. Ah, oh, thank you, though. It will see fortune singly. One thing I had forgot. What is it? Perhaps to a best forgotten. But I am open in my nature, and zealous for the honour of my friend. Lucian speaks freely of you. Of you? I know he does. I can forgive him for it. But for my friend, I am angry. What says he of me? That Charlotte's fortune is embezzled. He talks on loudly. He shall be silenced, then. How heard you of it? For many. He questioned Bates about it. You must account with him, he says. Or he with me, and soon, too. Speak mildly to him. Cautions are best. I'll think, aunt. But whither go you? From poverty and prisons. No matter whither. If fortune changes, you may hear from me. May these be prosperous, then. Offering the notes which he refuses. Nay, they are yours. I have sworn it, and will have nothing. Take them, and use them. Singly I will not. My cares are for my friend, for his lost fortune, and ruined family. All separate interests I disclaim. Together we have fallen. Together we must rise. My heart, my honour, both will have it so. I am weary of being fooled. And so am I. Here, let us part, then. These buildings of good fortune shall be stifled. I'll call them folly, and forget them. This one embrace, and then farewell. Offering to embrace. No, stay a moment. How my poor heart's distracted. I have these bodings, too. But whether caught from you, or prompted by my good or evil genius, I know not. The trial shall determine. And yet, my wife? Aye, aye, she'll chide. No. Pointing to his heart. My chidings are all here. I'll not persuade you. I am persuaded. By reason, too. The strongest reason. Necessity. Oh, could I once regain the height I have fallen from? Heaven should forsake me in my latest hour if I again mixed in these scenes, or sacrificed the husband's peace, his joy, and best affections to avarice and infamy. I have resolved like you, and since our motives are so honest, why should we fear success? Come on, then. Where shall we meet? At Wilson's. Yet if it hurts you, leave me. I have misled you often. We have misled each other. But come, fortune is fickle, 
and may be tired with plaguing us. There let us rest our hopes. Yet think a little. I cannot. Thinking but distracts me. When desperation leads, all thoughts are vain. Reason would lose what rashness may obtain. Exalt. Scene 3. Beverly's Lodgings. Enter Mrs. Beverly and Charlotte. Twas all a scheme, a mean one, unworthy of my brother. No, I'm sure it was not. Stukely is honest too, I know he is. This madness has undone them both. My brother, irrecoverably, you are too spiritless a wife. A mournful tale, mixed with a few kind words, will steal away your soul. The world's too subtle for such goodness. Had I been by, he should have asked your life sooner than those jewels. He should have had it, then. I live but to oblige him. She who can love and is beloved, like me, will do as much. Men have done more for mistresses, and women for a base deluder. And shall a wife do less? Your chidings hurt me, Charlotte. And come too late. They might have saved you else. How could he use you so? Twas friendship did it. His heart was breaking for a friend. The friend that has betrayed him. Prithee, don't think so. Tomorrow he accounts with me. And fairly. I will not doubt it. Unless a friend has wanted. I have no patience, sister. Sister, we are bound to curse this friend. My Beverly speaks nobly of him. And loose and truly. But I displease you with this talk. Tomorrow will instruct us. Stay till it comes, then. I would not think so hardly. Nor I, but from conviction. Yet we have hope of better days. My uncle is infirm, and of an age that threatens hourly. Or if he lives, you never have offended him, and for distresses so unmerited, he will have pity. I know it, and am cheerful. We have no more to lose, and for what's gone. If it brings prudence home, the purchase is well made. My Lucin will be kind, too. While he and I have life and means, you shall divide with us. And see, he's here. Scene four. Enter Lucin. We were just speaking of you. Tis best to interrupt you, then. Few characters will bear a scrutiny. And where the bad outweighs the good, he's safest that's least talked of. To Charlotte. What say you, madam? That I hate scandal, though a woman, therefore talk seldom of you. Ah, with more truth that, though a woman, she loves to praise, therefore talks always of you. I'll leave you to decide it. Exit. How good and amiable. I came to talk in private with you, of matters that concern you. What matters? First, answer me sincerely to what I ask. I will, but you alarm me. I am too grave, perhaps. But be assured of this, I have no news that troubles me, and therefore should not you. I am easy, then. Propose your question. Tis now a tedious twelve months since, with an open and kind heart, you said you loved me. 
so tedious did you say and when in consequence of such sweet words i press for marriage you gave a voluntary promise that you would live for me charlotte angrily you think me changed then i did not say so a thousand times i have pressed for the performance of this promise but private cares a brother's and a sister's ruin were reasons for delaying it i had no other reasons where will this end it shall end presently go on sir a promise such as this given freely not extorted the world thinks binding but i think otherwise and would release me from it you are too impatient madam cool sir quite cool pray go on time and a near acquaintance with my faults may have brought change if it be so or for a moment if you have wished this promise were unmade here i acquit you of it this is my question then and with such plainness as i ask it i shall entreat an answer have you repented of this promise stay sir the man that can suspect me shall find me changed why am i doubted my doubts are of myself i have my faults and you have observation if from my temper my words or actions you have conceived a thought against me or even a wish for separation all that has passed is nothing you startle me but tell me i must be answered first is it from honour that you speak this or do you wish me changed heaven knows i do not life and my charlotte are so connected that to lose one were loss of both yet for a promise though given in love and meant for binding if time or accident or reason should change opinion with me that promise has no force why now i'll answer you your doubts are prophecies i am really changed indeed i could torment you now as you have me but tis not my nature that i am changed i own for what at first was inclination is now grown reason in me and from that reason had i the world nay were i poorer than the poorest and you too wanting bread but with a hovel to invite me to i would be yours and happy my kindest charlotte seizing her hand thanks are too poor for this and words too weak but if we love so why should our union be delayed for happier times the present are too wretched i may have reasons that press it now what reasons the strongest reasons unanswerable ones be quick and name them no madam i am bound in honour to make conditions first i am bound by inclination too this sweet profusion of kind words pains while it pleases i dread the losing you astonishment what mean you first promise that to-morrow or the next day you will be mine for ever
i do though misery should succeed lucen embracing her thus then i seize you and with you every joy on this side heaven and thus i seal my promise returning his embrace now sir your secret your fortune's lost my fortune lost i'll study to be humble then but was my promise claimed for this how nobly generous where learnt you this sad news from bates stukeley's prime agent i have obliged him and he's grateful he told me in friendship to warn me from my charlotte twas honest in him and i'll esteem him for it he knows much more than he has told for me it is enough and for your generous love i thank you from my soul if you'd oblige me more give me a little time why time it robs us of our happiness i have a task to learn first the little pride this fortune gave me must be subdued once we were equal and might have met obliging and obliged but now tis otherwise and for a life of obligations i have not learnt to bear it mine is that life you are too noble leave me to think on it to-morrow then you'll fix my happiness all that i can i will it must be so we live but for each other keep what you know a secret and when we meet to-morrow more may be known farewell exit my poor poor sister how would this wound her but i'll conceal it and speak comfort to her exit scene five changes to a room in the gaming-house enter beverley and stukeley whither would you lead me where we may vent our curses i on yourself and those damned counsels that have destroyed me a thousand fiends were in that bosom and all let loose to tempt me i had resisted else go on sir i have deserved this from you and curses everlasting time is too scanty for them what have i done what the arch-devil of old did soothed with false hopes for certain ruin myself and hurts nay pleased at your destruction so your words mean why tell it to the world i am too poor to find a friend in't a friend what's he i had a friend and have one still ay i'll tell you of this friend he found me happiest of the happy fortune and honour crowned me and love and peace lived in my heart one spark of folly lurked there that too he found and by deceitful breath blew it to flames that have consumed me this friend were you to me a little more perhaps the friend who gave his all to saviour and not succeeding chose ruin with you but no matter i have undone you and am a villain no i think not the villains are within what villains dawson and the rest we have been dupes to sharpers how know you this i have a doubt as well as you yet still as fortune changed i blushed at my own thoughts but you have proofs perhaps ay damned ones repeated losses night after night and no reverse 
Chance has no hand in this. I think more charitably. Yet I am peevish in my nature and apt to doubt. The world speaks fairly of this Dawson. So does it of the rest. We have watched them closely, too. But tis a right use, by losers, to think the winners knaves. We'll have more manhood in us. I know not what to think. This night has stung me to the quick, blasted my reputation, too. I have bound my honour to these vipers, played meanly upon credit till I tired them, and now they shun me to rifle one another. What's to be done? Nothing. My counsels have been fatal. By heaven! I'll not survive this shame. Traitor! Tis you have brought it on me. Taking hold of him. Show me the means to save me, or I'll commit a murder here, and next upon myself. Why, do it then, and rid me of ingratitude. Prithee, forgive this language. I speak I know not what. Rage and despair are in my heart and hurry me to madness. My home is horror to me. I'll not return to it. Speak quickly, tell me, if in this wreck of fortune one hope remains, name it and be my oracle. To vent your curses on, you have bestowed them liberally. Take your own counsel, and should a desperate hope present itself, to suit your desperate fortune, I'll not advise you. What hope? By heaven I'll catch at it, however desperate. I am so sunk in misery it cannot lay me lower. You have an uncle. I? What of him? Oh, men live long by temperance, while their heirs starve on expectation. What mean you? That the reversion's yours, and it will bring money to pay debts with. Nay, more! It may retrieve what's past. Or leave my child a beggar. And what's his father? A dishonourable one, engaged for sums he cannot pay. That should be thought of. It is my shame, the poison that inflames me. Where shall we go? To whom? I am impatient till all's lost. Oh, maybe yours again. Your man is Bates. He has large funds at his command, and will deal justly by you. I am resolved. Tell them within we'll meet them presently, and with full purses too. Come, follow me. Nah, I'll have no hand in this, nor do I counsel it. Use your discretion, and act from that. You'll find me at my lodgings. Succeed what will, this night I'll dare the worst. Tis loss of fear to be completely cursed. Exit. Why, well, I lose it then forever. Fear is the mind's worst evil, and is a friendly office to drive it from the bosom. Thus far has fortune crowned me. Yet Beverly is rich, rich in his wife's best treasure, her honour and affections. I would supplant him there, too, but tis the curse of thinking minds to raise up difficulties. Fools only conquer women. Fearless of dangers which they see not, they press on boldly, and by persisting prosper. Yet may a tale of art do much. Charlotte is sometimes absent. The seeds of jealousy are sown already. If I mistake not, they have taken root, too. Now is the time to ripen them and reap the harvest. The softest of her sex, if wronged in love, or thinking that she's wronged, becomes a tigress in revenge. I'll instantly to Beverly's. No matter for the danger. When beauty leads us on, tis indiscretion to reflect, and cowardice to doubt. 
exit scene six changes to beverley's lodgings enter mrs beverley and lucy did charlotte tell you anything no madam she looked confused methought said she had business with her lawson which when i pressed to know tears only were her answer she seemed in haste too yet her return may bring you comfort no my kind girl i was not born for it but why do i distress thee thy sympathizing heart bleeds for the ills of others what pity that thy mistress can't reward thee but there's a power above that sees and will remember all prithee soothe me with the song thou sungst last night it suits this change of fortune and there's a melancholy in it that pleases me i fear it hurts you madam your goodness too draws tears from me but i'll dry them and obey you song when damon languished at my feet and i believed him true the moments of delight how sweet but ah how swift they flew the sunny hill the flowery vale the garden and the grove have echoed to his ardent tale and vows of endless love the conquest gained he left his prize he left her to complain to talk of joy with weeping eyes and measure time by pain but heaven will take the mourner's part in pity to despair and the last sigh that rends the heart shall waft the spirit there i thank thee lucy i thank heaven too my griefs are none of these yet stukely deals in hints he talks of rumours i'll urge him to speak plainly hark there's someone entering perhaps my master madam exit let him be well too and i am satisfied no tis another's voice his had been music to me who is it lucy scene seven re-enter lucy with stukely mr stukely madam exit to meet you thus alone madam was what i wished unseasonable visits when friendship warrants them need no excuse therefore i make none what mean you sir and where's your friend men may have secrets madam which their best friends are not admitted to we parted in the morning not soon to meet again you mean to leave us then to leave your country too 
i am no stranger to your reasons and pity your misfortunes your pity has undone you could beverly do this that letter was a false one a mean contrivance to rob you of your jewels i wrote it not impossible whence came it then wronged as i am madam i must speak plainly do so and ease me your hints have troubled me reports you say are stirring reports of whom you wished me not to credit them what sir are these reports i thought them slander madam and cautioned you in friendship left from officious tongues a tale had reached you with double aggravation proceed sir it is a debt due to my fame due to an injured wife too we both are injured how injured and who has injured us my friend your husband you would resent for both then but no sir my injuries are my own and do not need a champion be not too hasty madam i come not in resentment but for acquittance you thought me poor and to the feigned distresses of a friend gave up your jewels i gave them to a husband who gave them to a what whom did he give them to a mistress no on my life he did not himself confessed it with curses on her avarice i'll not believe it he has no mistress or if he has why is it told to me to guard you against insults he told me that to move you to compliance he forged that letter pretending i was ruined ruined by him too the fraud succeeded and what a trusting wife bestowed in pity was lavished on a wanton then i am lost indeed and my afflictions are too powerful for me his follies i have borne without upbraiding and saw the approach of poverty without a tear my affections my strong affections supported me through every trial be patient madam patient the barbarous man and does he think my tenderness of heart is his security for wounding it but he shall find that injuries such as these can arm my weakness for vengeance and redress stukely aside ha then i may succeed redress is in your power what redress forgive me madam if in my zeal to serve you i hazard your displeasure think of your wretched state already want surrounds you is it impatience to bear that to see your helpless little one robbed of his birthright a sister too with unavailing tears lamenting her lost fortune no comfort left you but ineffectual pity from the few outweighed by insults from the many am i so lost a creature well sir my redress to be resolved is to secure it the marriage vow once violated is in the sight of heaven dissolved start not but hear me tis now the summer of your youth time has not cropped the roses from your cheek though sorrow long has washed them then use your beauty wisely and freed by injuries fly from the cruelest of men for shelter with the kindest and who is he a friend to the unfortunate a bold one too 
who while the storm is bursting on your brow and lightning flashing from your eyes dares tell you that he loves you would that these eyes had heaven's own lightning and that with a look thus i might blast thee am i then fallen so low has poverty so humbled me that i should listen to a hellish offer and sell my soul for bread oh villain villain but now i know thee and thank thee for the knowledge if you are wife you shall have cause to thank me an injured husband too shall thank thee yet no proud woman i have a heart as stubborn as your own as haughty and imperious and as it loves so can it hate mean despicable villain i scorn thee and thy threats was it for this that beverley was false that his too credulous wife should in despair and vengeance give up her honour to a wretch but he shall know it and vengeance shall be his why send him for defiance then tell him i love his wife but that a worthless husband forbids our union i'll make a widow of you and court you honourably oh coward coward thy soul will shrink at him yet in the thought of what may happen i feel a woman's fears keep thy own secret and be gone who's there scene eight enter lucy your absence sir would please me i'll not offend you madam exit with lucy why opens not the earth to swallow such a monster be conscious then his punisher till heaven in mercy gives him penitence or dooms him in its justice scene nine re-enter lucy come to my chamber lucy i have a tale to tell thee shall make thee weep for thy poor mistress yet heaven the guiltless sufferer regards and whom it most afflicts it most rewards excellent end of act three